0: Hey, everybody. Ruark here again, just uh, introducing you to our fourth episode of the Gaiman podcast here. This, once again, originally aired on the Wheel of Time podcast at, in the Watch Party Network, but we decided to spin it off into its own thing. And uh, joining me again, I've got my co-host Saima and Siobhan, David, Greg, and Samaria for this extra introduction. Say hi, everybody.
1: Hey, hey. Hello, everybody.
0: Hi, everybody. So uh this uh episode four for us. Uh this was our, our uh our discussion of uh of cannibalism. Or should we say my discussion of cannibalism while 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 the rest <laughs> of you yes. kind of stared at me in horror, but yes,
1: uh this has been that, going to happen.
0: Has been known to happen. And yeah. uh, this was also the Dollhouse episode. So
2: if you uh, if you have strong opinions about whether cornea is edible, this episode <laughs> is for you. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with a lead-in like that, I think we should just let the episode play. <laughs> bon appétit.
2: Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Saima.
0: And I'm your host, Ruark.
2: And we have our panel. Hi, panel.
0: Hi, panel.
2: Today we have Siobhan.
4: Hey, everybody. Greg. Pick me up when it turns into something I
0: need to care about. (laughs) Wait, are you sure that wasn't David and Greg?
2: (laughs) I was going to say, David, not Greg. (laughs) Greg, not David.
0: (laughs) Oh, come (laughs) on with
5: that. Lower Decks has some of the best quotes. I'm doing Marty Allen. He's doing Star Trek. There's a difference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Marty Allen ever on Star Trek?
5: I don't know. Maybe, you know, guest shot as a Ferengi and, you know, a barback Ferengue and, <laughs> and, new, and New Generation. I don't know. You're
2: not really anybody unless you've been on one of the Star Treks. Just no doubt. <laughs> and you're definitely somebody if you've been on more than one Star Trek.
3: Or play more than one character on more than one Star Trek.
2: Or play more than one character on the same Star Trek.
0: Hi, Jeffrey Combs. How's it going? (laughs) Yes. Jeffrey Combs. (laughs) Um, Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I I saw an interview with Anson Mount the other day, and and it said something to the effect of, I wake up every morning and think, I'm on Star Trek. That's awesome.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It's better than waking up and thinking, I'm in the Inhumans. Oh
0: God! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on with our Sandman. Yeah, kids. this is <laughs> a Sandman
2: episode, folks. We haven't started our Star oh, Trek episodes wow. just yet, but uh, yes. So, t-
0: oh, oh, there, there's a, a, a little teaser just, for people. Hmm. Yeah, Plug no, to
2: come.
0: <laughs> David is giddy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: So in the meantime, we have uh, just one large story left in uh, the final four plus bonus. We'll be doing the bonus as well. So we've got five or five more episodes to go, and we start with episode eight, playing house, and this is the introduction of what I do see as the main story of season one. Even though we've had you know huge stories already, an introduction to loads of characters, and as we were saying in the diner episode. Um, which was number five, we got that blink and you'll miss her, um, telephone call with Rose Walker. And this is the introduction of Rose and her arc and her story.
5: I'm sorry. Uh, you said playing house. We're doing doll's house.
2: Did I say playing house? Sorry. Doll's house. Yeah. (laughs) I scrolled too far. Doll's house, playing house, too many houses. It's just one house. Yes.
1: Um, so yes, doll's (laughs) house.
2: And actually that was something I was thinking about. I, um, so I keep I kept calling it Burgess Hall. It's actually called Phony Rig. And if anyone's listening to the listening to the episodes and say, you know, they know that I'm making a mistake, let me know. Hit me up. You know, come on. We're all over social. <laughs> You've got our email. Let me know when I'm getting it wrong for goodness sake. Relying on everyone. So yes. It was yep,
0: Brian. Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> <am I> <laughs> a resident corrector.
2: <laughs> yeah, why does Gruat get all the attention? What about me?
0: Yeah, and I'm going to say, if you hear me say something wrong, uh, no, I didn't.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. It's just a figment of
5: your imagination.
0: No, it, 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 if I said something wrong, that's now the correct way.
2: It, it is now so, canon, so we'll just let, we yes, need to let the yeah. Jordan estate and Gaiman and anybody else that we talk about, let them know that it's been, it's been now changed, so.
0: I am the official source of canon for everything. <laughs> the Manifester.
4: You need so to write a manifest
5: re- manifesto manifesto.
4: <laughs> I actually rewatched all the um, episodes, including the earlier ones. And this entire time we've been pronouncing Constantine's name wrong. Is Constantine? You know,
0: I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, British accents aside, I think Constantine
0: works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's those weirdo Brits that pronounce it wrong. Constantine. <laughs> yeah, what is, is it with British people anyway? Saima, yeah. a- did <laughs> <laughs> hey, you? Know. Adding all these extra letters where you don't need it. Why do you need a U in color? There's not even a U sound in hey. that word. So
2: insecure, you had to create your own English. Yes, we're
0: not insecure. No, no, we, we just had to make it better. That's, that's why right. we went to war with you guys to create it.
1: A... Because <laughs> you used too many language. letters. Uh,
0: excuse me. But that's what. That's why. That must be why England took over Wales because they didn't have enough letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as yeah. Americans,
5: we did get rid of the British tea. So See, you're, you're talking
2: to the wrong Brit here, because you know when all those wars yeah. were going along, I was a star in India somewhere that hadn't even
0: hadn't even manifested yet. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> anyway, back to the same anyway.
2: <laughs> Yes, is the is the podcast nearly over now? How long have we been talking about everything
0: else? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so we... Um,
0: we're, we're five minutes in and almost to the almost, topic at hand. Almost. I think that, yes. that, that's that's, that's that, that must pretty be a good. record. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're
5: off the rails before we've left the station.
2: <laughs> and that was me saying to Ruak that, you know, I think our podcast is really on point, you know?
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> can we just get right
2: there, straight in to the nitty gritty. Um so Siobhan since you've recently since you've recently watched it and um I actually have now a mind blank because it has been a while since I did my rewatch, um can you remind us of the opening?
4: Um so it starts off with Rose and Lita going to England to meet. Rose's great-grandmother, yes. which is like they, Sh- shows yes, they slid an extra generation in there from the comic book. She's a great-grandmother rather than a yeah. grandmother. It
3: actually shows us Rose ba- Rose's backstory first. Yes. It gives us the, yeah. the scene with Rose and her mom talking about moving to a new, new location and then having to break it to her brother that he's not going to be able to come with them.
2: Which doesn't make sense. Like, why does the dad None get whatsoever. custody of... The son but the mom gets custody of the daughter it like
3: actually happens a lot in two child divorces where you will split the custody
4: no. between
3: one parent and the other that's awful what yeah. about the kids? unfortunately I think,
4: it, I think it also has to do with the fact that the mother is moving to a different state to take a child across state lines you have to have permission from the other parent oh, it's, yeah. okay. to reduce the number of kids that get kidnapped
3: and those yeah, age, right. and then in that case, their age takes a big effect. Like, I get the impression that Rose was probably close to or past 18 at that point. Mm-hmm. And that would have to fallen into play, because then she would have been considered in a different category than her brother. Right. An there's, adult minor. Okay. Yeah, school yeah. and all of that stuff goes into effect when you're dealing with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Alright,
2: that makes sense. I hadn't really... Like, um, that was my... On both watches, I was just thinking, what's going on here? They're, they're missing... They need to understand why he's not allowed to go and he can stay behind. I think
5: they explained that a little bit more in the comics, I think. Mm. I think there was a little more information about that part of it, you know, about the both parents' consent.
3: This scene sets up, obviously, the fact that Rose has separated from her brother and the reason for her search later.
2: So the mom passes away and now Rose is old enough to feel like she needs to find her brother and she can now... I guess get custody or look after him or reconnect
5: right, yeah, because uh, I'm sure with like uh, you know with an acrimonious divorce, uh you know there there can be just complete cut off from the other parent uh, of communication, so she probably had no communication with her father, therefore no communication with her brother.
2: I have to admit this storyline this whole relationship between Rose and jed I find really difficult i have a i have a thing about because i have three younger brothers i have a i used to have nightmares of being like separated so this really like that's why i was like what this doesn't make sense why are they leaving him behind and i was really angry i was kind of angry with rose as well even in the comics it's like why have you waited so long to go back and find your brother i have like i hated labyrinth when i was young i watched it it made me cry because i just hated her <laughs> i was like how could you do that to your brother and then i went and got, <laughs> I, I hugged my brother and said i would never do that to you um, it's a shame my brothers will never listen to this.
0: Being a younger brother with an older sister, um, from the younger brother's point of view, I can say, why do they always have to come find you? <laughs> yeah. Why can't they just leave you alone? <laughs> can't they figure out you're just trying to get some freaking free time to yourself?
2: You are like, finally, Goblin King, take me. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. David Bowie's going to come and whisk me away. And I'm going to be like, oh,
1: no. Please don't. Shucky darn. Take darts. me,
6: daddy. Take me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, 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 no, with the daddy thing. <laughs> That's just. Not on board with the whole daddy thing. That's just uh, oh, weird to me. Especially with that cunt. I she's
1: going well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this episode. Yeah, we're off to a great start. Yeah, yeah right, I think so. David was
2: right before we started. We're like, oh, maybe we can do the whole storyline in one episode. Uh, no. Nope.
0: no, no, no. <laughs> about
1: That's thirty
4: happening. seconds we're going in, slower. folks,
2: and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: so, so one thing I will say about the whole Dollhouse story arc is, it seems to me this half of the show had a lot more changes in it than uh, from the comic book than the than the first half. Just things like um, Lita and Hector, like in the comic books, Hector Hall was the original Sandman, the original DC Sandman, before Gaiman took over the title. So they had to cut him out and turn him into, you know, a completely different story. So Lita ends up going to England with Rose. In the comic books, she actually goes with her mother, and her mother has to stay in England to take care of Unity, while Rose comes back to the States to look for Jed. Is her mother's still alive well was- i think
5: I think one of the things that 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 probably has something to do with was the fact that you know just like with the uh with the hob episode uh they had to change the time. To- because, like these things happen in a period of time that was uh you know from the from the comics it was it happened in like the the late eighties early nineties, and they just transposed it. So you know, Dream was
2: so. Wasn't it like seventy years?
5: Something like that. So that's why you have a a, a grandmother situation with Unity, a uh, great grandmother situation with Unity, and uh, the uh, you know the thing with Hob, where he you know missed the one appointment in the <clears throat> excuse me in the comics. The uh, the appointment was kept. You know, so it happened, you know, they were supposed to meet up in 98, or 89, oh, nice and they catch. met up in 89. Yeah. Yeah, so they just added the 20 years between, or 30 years or so, between the original publication
0: and the timeline where we are now.
2: Oh, I really like that.
0: So there was another generation between yeah. when it was published and now, so they yes. just added another generation in the show. That yes. Makes sense. I like that The yeah. Hobbs' story, so modern though. modern day.
2: Right? The fact that yeah. he... he he didn't give up hope. He just bolted mm-hmm. in and, you know, made, made a sign. He didn't give up hope, even though he had missed the appointment. I kind of think that's, that's, that's like a deeper relationship there. Almost.
3: It is, yeah. yeah. But I also got the impression that um, her mom was sick. And part of the reason they were moving was to have a better opportunity to handle the fact that she was sick and i don't know if that's a part of the comics but that does help kind of that separation storyline and explain that that situation yeah.
5: yeah so they transposed uh unity being sick and dying to uh rose's mother being sick and dying or from
2: yeah cuz here unity's there, no? really two. Two. quite yes. vibrant isn't she that there is still yes. a a little um broken knit here for want of a better word i can't think of a right word um so unity must be around 115 at this point and i was trying to think of because because it is longer right it's 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 100 years they say that he was um captured for and i was trying to think of how could she still be so vibrant and i wondered whether living in the dream and her relationship with desire and being a vortex somehow affected her aging
5: mm-hmm. and also and the fact that she was sleeping for yeah, eighty years
2: but but yeah. other people did age, but she was not only was she sleeping but she was living a life in a different kind of existence almost which could have had an effect on her body and then there's a reference to the fact that rose um is says something like she sure, people always think that she's younger than she looks, so there's something about maybe is it Hereditary? Is it in their in their blood, or the, there's a connection between the vortex, the fact that Rose also looks younger than she is.
3: Well, wouldn't they be able to siphon energy from the dream realm as a vortex? That's what I would explain it as. Because it, it is and,
4: mentioned that Unity is the only survivor of the sleep. I yeah, suppose.
3: yeah, and that would be because she's the original natural vortex. I mean. Anybody in that situation would atrophy <laughs> completely. Like sleeping doesn't help you; you still have to get up and and do things. There's only so much beauty sleep
5: that can actually, you know, help. That's it. true.
2: Actually, no matter how much physio she, she might around. have had with helpers, there's still the fact that her body is is in that state. Yeah, nice. I had a I had a note here which I thought was really cool. It's not in the show, but. Obviously because of the DC issues, but um Lita Trevor was the only daughter of Wonder Woman and Steve. Hmm. Oh. And there's a connection between her, she's actually kin to the Furies. This is the, the, the comic version. So I don't yeah, know how yeah. they how <laughs> oh, wow. if they can no, I'm,
0: I'm putting that all together in my head and it's gonna blow in my mind. Nice. Nicely done, Mr. Guyman.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had, when he started this series, he had at his disposal so much of the DC characters, right, not the main characters, but he could do so much with families and, you know, connections and friends. And then when you create the web, everything's connected. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I really love the scene with uh, Unity meeting Rose. I thought that was really beautifully handled. You could just imagine, you know, was sweet. nobody yeah. else in the world and all of a sudden... The great grandma finds, you know, her great grandkids and she's lost her mom and she's trying to find her brother. And now she's got somebody who can fund her travel um, to find her brother. I just, that, that realization of thinking, how do I find my brother with my means? And she seems to be a struggling writer, I think, at this point. And then having this, you know, super rich relative who's just like, right, I'm going to pay you to go find my grandkid.
5: <laughs> right. But she was kind of led into that because it was an organization who was, you know, supposed to be paying. Because some some foundation was paying for her trip to England. It turns
3: out it is Unity. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you know. uh, Well, it's just sweet how Unity explains it, too. And mm -hmm. it also gave us that beautiful little foreshadowing with the ring and Mm -hmm. her being able to tell the future in her dream state. Yes, what was the, uh, the 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 name of the ring that
5: the, the other word for the ring that they were talking about? The annulet. An- annulet. Yep. Annulet. Yes.
0: Does an amulet imply the existence of a full-sized amu? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no. This would be. This is an annulet. So. Oh, an annulet. Yes. For full-sized annu. Uh, same. Same yes.
0: question applies. So it's like a really small butt. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's a sing I well hold on.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, no, I don't want, okay. I've got anyway. <laughs> anyway,
2: did anybody notice Papa Sanche popping up? No. So the mm-hmm. so Unity solicitor. That's Papa Sanche.
0: Oh, I didn't oh, realize. Uh, that. Peter Interesting.
2: Jersey?
3: Hmm. I could I could see it now. It just the makeup and everything, and the the demeanor is so different
2: that... Yeah. Hmm. I was just like, "Whoa!" The wheel of time crossover here.
3: I, his his character was really fun too. Just the the banter back and forth, and the oh, we're called solicitors here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think so. really uppity lawyer. up at you without being really uppity up at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think is as common as a lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer advertises on television and chases ambulances. <laughs> uh, and then pulling out the the sweetness and the care when when um, Unity asks about adoption and and wants to go down that road and just, well, is that what you really want to do? I care about you and and I want to make take care of your family.
2: Um, I was going to say about uh, Mr. Hold- Holdaway, the uh, solicitor. Um, I. I don't know if Greg or the others remember from the comics. Isn't the Holdaway Solicitor Firm something that goes way back? Isn't that a recurring name? I think.
5: I believe so. Right? Um, I'd have to reread for that.
2: Uh, I've just got a little yeah, little in the back that. of my head. I think I think the whole, it's, it's a recurring character again, which happens a lot in okay. Sandman.
0: Okay. Yeah. So yeah, maybe going back. Need to... Look to... Yeah, going back. Wait a to, minute. You're saying the guy who's known for reworking mythology <laughs> into stories reuses the same mythological characters almost like they were in their own myth. But
5: is a? I think it's more like the Constantines, where it's a, the family that continues to to show up in there, not necessarily. You know, I don't know of any mythologies that include attorneys.
4: So, uh,
2: <laughs> just the whole whole family name. They're all they've all
4: always been solicitors. You know the Romans had a a, a deity of, of lawyers. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. The yeah. Romans and the Greeks, definitely. <laughs> yeah. They've got all the power. And, 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 and so. I mean, you know, Loki.
1: <laughs>
3: That's very akin, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, you, he'll make an argument that, that will make you go, well, goddammit. Actually, Loki.
1: Loki does to let you
5: yeah. off on it, but I'll let you off you
0: on it. Yeah. Point,
2: Loki would definitely be a good lawyer. <laughs> So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Enough lawyer talk. Enough lawyer talk. <laughs> Continuing on from
3: lawyers. So the other thing we get with this storyline, and it starts in this episode, is Lucien's and Dream's relationship breaking and then healing mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. vortex. Yeah. Yes. And Lucien trying desperately to continue what she's been doing for the past 100 years to keep the Dream Realm intact and having the Vortex come and she knows it's there and trying to deal with it herself while also letting Dream deal with it in his way was an interesting part of this one.
0: I, I so wish that Samaria was here because her insights yeah. into oh, yes. Lucien's I was just thinking- motivations are so lovely i I wish she was here to share i was
2: thinking exactly the same thing that i now that i think back off that story i've got it in different i have a different perspective on it because i'm especially the way samari was saying that's just you know that's just a black woman who's like i've been doing this for 100 years and now you've turned back up and you're messing everything up (laughs) what
3: (laughs) i have a system (laughs) it's it's how it read for me too it's like i've I've got it covered
0: and then i've got it under control but if you want to take over it but whatever i'll go back to my books
5: (laughs) like whatever yeah (laughs) but uh yeah one of the things is that uh this is where the dream vortex was first uh sort of announced and introduced in the uh the desire and despair's uh conversation at the beginning of the episode also like right after introducing rose's story uh desire despair uh speak and that's when the that's when the dream vortex pops up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and now you just did it. See, we we tried to avoid talking about that that scene with desire, and what? then he <laughs> up desire, and now I'm get uh, the mop out again. <laughs> Who's on bucket duty this
2: time.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they don't really give wow. us much yeah. either with despair, though. They they no. give us a hint that despair has done something to try and affect what's going on with dream, but don't reveal that at this point. <laughs> right.
2: And there's also a game. going on there. despair is maybe not as into it as desire, but is supporting desire because they're, they're twin. Right. So mm-hmm. they do it together. And, and there's also, I feel like with despair, there's all, even in the comics, but I, I got that sense in this one, you know, scene. That she's supporting Desire, but she's also reminding them, you know, this is our older sibling, and if, if they find out, we're going to be in trouble. But you know, I'll be here. But you know, let's just be careful because we mm-hmm. didn't. It didn't work last time, or the time before that, or the time before that.
3: <laughs> you get that good twin, bad twin type of dynamic, even though it's not actually good and bad. It's like uh, bad just and a worse.
1: Op- op- <laughs> op- Opposites. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, and I, like, I really love the way they kept it from the comics as well about the calling how they call each other so they hold the sigil and then all of a sudden de- despair is just there right sitting mm-hmm. um on the seat i thought that was really cool
3: yeah i want to i want to see more of the uh the halls of the other
0: endless yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember pausing on on the scene when when it kind of flashed through all the sigils and and trying to just figure out what sigil went to who and yeah it was
4: there's really an arc cool. there
0: yeah mm-hmm.
4: and it's a
2: blank
0: clearly that's death yes yeah so they they they're all they're
5: all going to show up at some point you know as long as the series goes everybody eventually
0: shows up uh, I believe in the comics yep. Uh-oh. As as long as desire keeps showing up, that's all I care. <laughs> desire with a side of Lucifer, and we're good.
3: <laughs> Only a side of Lucifer, huh?
5: <laughs> you throw a Jan- John Cameron Mitchell into the mix on this episode, so yeah, yeah. All yeah. the buttons get pushed, <laughs> so to speak. So to speak, yeah.
2: So back to unity and the scene, <laughs> <laughs> yes. What scene is next?
5: I tried to keep it back on track, but
0: uh, so how How the episode then, are we? Like <laughs> two ten scenes? Ten minutes into the yeah, episode. Maybe Ten so, minutes, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. basically. I we definitely right. going, well, I don't know, maybe near, the, yeah, a little bit. Well, further I think Greg
3: was trying to segue us into the Florida group. Yes. Yeah, he yes, was so doing was. real good at that. We're
2: not, we're not there, though, In yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: the next episode. Well, oh,
2: take it. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have Dun 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 corinthian Oh uh, yeah i was so stressed when he was having tea with unity because he just embodies this sense of menace you know just sitting there with his english cup of tea and yeah i mean i, I knew that he wasn't going to do anything but then at the same time i thought what if he does like you just never know
3: right so ridiculously charming like i don't know oh, yeah it's hard
4: yeah you really you really see how he charms everyone around him like every human he interacts with is like oh he's he's attractive he's pleasant he's polite he's he just draws people to him
3: mm-hmm. makes him the the best person to start the cel- serial killer trend because it's like yes how how hard is it to find somebody when you can charm anyone right and you're just right there and all of a sudden you in a position where it's easy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a trait that
5: several serial killers have. I mean, there's, there's others that are, you know, just sort of creepy and, you know, snatch people up and that sort of thing. But there's others that they just, you know, come into my web, said the spider to the fly, you know, (laughs) charm their way, charm their way in.
2: But he is the original inspiration, right? That's what he was created for. And you see the impact of this nightmare, that's walking the waking world he inspires serial killers and created a cult and i think you know if you really if you really look at corinthian and his arc he embodies exactly why the endless do what they do they're to prevent this you know prevent things like this happening to creation if when when they're doing their functions in the right way and the fact that dream was gone for so long and this is the impact of it it's it's huge i mean this is four episodes of the serial killers. Uh,
0: hold on, hold on for a second. Um, can can you all explain to me, because I didn't pick up on this, but you seem to be saying that the Corinthian existing in the, the real world for the last hundred and whatever years is what has inspired the trend of serial killers?
2: The, the, this particular Possibly. group this convention the fact that it's become well, okay just the for, serial killers in the yeah, this yeah convention. not serial killers in, full
0: stop oh, oh okay yeah. I, I was thinking you were no, saying no, no, that no. like serial killers did not exist before he showed up 120 years ago i
1: mean okay. Okay. No. I, I
2: think
5: it's i think it's implied in the comics that he was the original jack the ripper
1: yes as well
5: okay yeah, yeah
0: so i was gonna say yeah. like jack the ripper was before that and and you know i mean serial killers have existed he inspired people have, but yeah. true dream okay okay
3: it's implied that it didn't really become a large, widespread thing until the Corinthian.
2: He can he connected them. He created the web of connection. Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: he created this following of people who wanted to do this. He
2: created serial
3: killer Facebook. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Well, I would say yeah. I would say a serial killer church because there's a sense of veneration and uh-huh. worship, and I feel like he's mm-hmm. the figurehead.
4: We are special, right? Yeah. There's there's a whole speech where he says, you know. That, that you're some kind of special class of people who you know treat every, all other humans as prey um, and that you have a right to do what you're doing. There's um, my understanding of, of, of the Corinthians effect is, is basically that, the part that people believe that, that what they are doing is right and good and mm-hmm. that they are, have a, this special status where their their job is to, to prey on lesser mortals. There's one character in the comic book that you don't see in the TV show who says he went to meet other people because he thought that maybe he could get help in stopping what he's Mm -hmm. doing. He's obviously very tortured by it. Mm -hmm. They don't use him in the show. Instead, they use the scene where Dream takes away their illusions about what they're doing. The glorification of serial killers, I think, is the thing that Corinthian brought into the world.
0: Ah, okay. That that makes sense. Yeah,
4: and you know maybe we can just segue
2: straight into the next episode then, because it it is a continuous story. Um,
5: well, we do have to discuss the uh, the diner, where uh, where Nimrod and Funland and good doctor, the doctor,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
5: are meeting to sort of discuss the upcoming convention
2: so i was convinced this was the same diner it's not but it looks exactly the same but i suppose is that like diners in america they all look the same
1: Yeah, they yeah, all yeah. yeah. They, they all look, look, the, look
2: the same. because <laughs> I, I was like why is nobody online talking about the fact that this is happening in the same diner where that happened and i was looking at the episode and thinking the layout's the same the doors in the same place you yeah, know yeah. but uh, and also it's probably
3: the, the same set
2: right but also there was a shout out to um to mike um is it dringenberg it's called dringenberg yeah is it called mike's diner
0: oh yeah yeah
2: so yeah once i figured out it wasn't the same diner i was like just okay, okay relax it's just the diner
0: set
3: Again, I didn't right. i didn't get that because I was so focused on what was going
0: on. In that scene. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, in, in the U.S., like you said, all diners look more or less the same. I right. mean, you can maybe divide them by decade. There's a '70s diner look, an '80s diner look, a '90s diner look, a '50s diner look. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's look, just yeah. more counters. Oh, hey, look at that! We've got DW joining us out of the blue, special guest. Woot woot! And we can't actually hear DW yet. Try this. Yay. Yeah. That's there much you. better. Much there better. Yeah. I, I
6: just got out of a session. It was a very screamy session. So yes, the <laughs> gain was all the way to hell down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was the session for?
6: I actually can't tell you.
0: Okay. That's I fine. It's that always exciting
3: when you can't tell us. But but yeah. it's
0: but it's screamy, so I'm gonna guess animation or video game.
6: <laughs> that is a good guess.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
6: Now it's my time to put on. Where's my Where's my picture of Ruark that I can put in front of my face? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Here, just reach through,
6: reach through, and just. <laughs> can you HTTP uh, that to me? Um...
0: Uh, so yeah, we were just talking about the the serial killers sitting down in the diner. Um... And, and
2: actually, I was wrong. It's not Mike's diner. It's called Mike's Drinks and Burgers. And that was
0: definitely.
6: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, even but, better. Yeah. yeah, even better. Finkenberg. Wow. That yeah. is a
0: beautiful Easter egg. I, I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Oh, that's. But well, like awesome. I said, that's I only better. caught
2: it because I was paying a lot of attention on my rewatch to the to the diner and the walls and thinking, "Oh, yeah. is this not the same one?" But yeah, it's it's not because no one's talking about it. So yeah, that's just me, the Brit. Not understanding that all diners look the same.
6: So, <laughs> that would have been ironic if they were in the same diner. Yes.
2: That would have been a I quick cleanup. Distracting.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: How do you hire a waitress that quickly, too, and have a functioning diner? Right. And, and a waitress and, make and sense. A cook. And,
2: yeah. well, I don't know. You know, people need jobs. They can be sad about what <laughs> happened, but, you know, there's a job going.
0: Yeah, they don't really yeah, I mean, mention where that is. We didn't, we didn't stop is. for a pandemic. Why would we stop for the end of the world?
5: Right. <laughs> uh where was that one located? Because uh I, I think it would probably be in New Jersey uh since Rose's friend was in that uh that episode.
2: Oh, so and
5: this the, one in the 24 is,
3: Hour? The 24/7 right. yeah. diner? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense this, that theirs was in Atlanta. Yeah, this is roses probably, was in. Yeah jersey or somewhere around new york anyway right a drive drive away from the city yeah
2: and and again you know this this uh they're just sitting down they're in a diner this real you know normal setting and they're talking it takes you a little while to really understand what they're talking about
3: blew my mind right. like are they <laughs> seriously talking about this in open air with people around like what is going on here they're talking about
6: having a convention about this like what (laughs) it's it's we it's a thing that's been emboldened and people are getting less scared to be part of that community as they find friends Mm -hmm.
2: and it's a convention and and they refer to themselves as collectors you know
5: and i just love that it's a serial convention <laughs> yeah. Cereal is in breakfast food. Oh, Dude, I so would good. so
0: go to a cereal convention.
5: Yeah. Oh man, get a little, you I'd, know. I'd need like swag bags
0: no, of boo berry. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, what kind of what what kind of new monster you got coming out next year? Come on. Come on. What are we You got to do what better than Fruit Brute. Like, can we get like Creature from the Blackberry Lagoon next year maybe?
6: <laughs> that's the special release you only find out about it if you go to the panel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a con exclusive. <laughs> Saima is looking very disappointed with us right no, now. No, no, no.
2: I was like, I'm actually thinking I, I'm thinking through the story. I'm just like let them talk. I'm trying to figure out where are we in the story?
6: Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, we we haven't we haven't got very far.
6: So this serial conventions uh con exclusives are
5: I wouldn't want to know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends on which booth you go to.
1: Oh.
0: Anyway. This seems to be more panels than a trade
5: show, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So is the, this is the so episode where they talk about how to get Corinthians' attention, and then they they do it. It's in the same episode, right?
3: Yes. Yes, because yep. yeah. uh, the good doctor goes out and does it, because the other two are like, oh, no, we can't copy the Corinthian. That would be... The worst thing and we she's could just possibly
2: like, do. Right, take a charge, and she's like, "I don't care." <laughs> well, I'm, she is a doctor, do it. so it's probably the you know yeah. not a big deal for her taking out the eyes and just right. But also, again, they're really open about it, right? They just kind of put, put some down on the table. It's like, whoa!
3: <laughs> Everybody carries around a bag of eyes with them, right? <laughs>
6: sure,
2: you do. If you're a collector, Why not? if you're a good collector, then you, of course, you do. Yeah.
6: <laughs> and no fear yeah. that somebody's going to look at the table and see them on the table. Right. Well, it's the waitress so that like, she kills. So. Well,
4: the waiter's not going to come by. Yeah. No. Wait, <laughs> wait, right. you know?
6: sure. If they did, they might recognize the eyes if they could see. <laughs> well, eh, I don't
2: know. I don't know. Maybe people that work in diners are used to seeing all sorts of stuff.
5: Yeah. I'm sure. Especially in Georgia.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to our Georgia and listeners. Hate mail
6: comes in from Georgia.
0: <laughs> we love you, really.
6: Yes, we do. Especially after this
0: latest election. Thank you, Georgia. (laughs) I I had a friend who worked in a diner once, and she told me a story about going down to the basement to get whatever she she needed to get out of the basement. And she saw the uh, owner and manager of the diner down there with some very well-dressed-looking gentlemen and piles of of white bricks on a table and and just turned around walked back out. That is the correct response. So yeah. so I'm sure an eyeball <laughs> sitting on a table would just be, uh, yep, yeah, all right, that, that, that happens.
5: <clears throat> yeah, I've seen some things in a waffle house at 3 a.m., man. <laughs> <laughs> Those are on the waffle in the waffle house. <laughs> stacked and smothered, man, stacked and smothered. <laughs>
0: Go ahead, Simon. I Simon. Like
2: how do I segue to something a little bit more serious? When's
0: the right moment? I'll just go,
2: st- go straight into
0: it. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, if you have to go from from funny to serious, you go, "Okay, well, anyway, back to serious land." <laughs> okay,
2: well, definitely. This just is don't say fun land, land to serious. To land. To serious <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you laugh, but I, but really, this is very fun land uh, focused.
6: Yeah. The yeah. opening of yes. this
2: episode Jed, Uncle Barnaby, and Aunt Clarice.
6: Yes.
1: So uh.
2: I I feel like the whole sh- the whole season really plays with this. You get you get nice and comfortable in one kind of feeling and genre, and then all of a sudden it just jumps to something completely different. And the opening with Jed running it was so it really freaked me out because again I just wasn't even though I knew with the comics the way they presented it every storyline seems to have a particular nuanced menace to it and I really felt I really felt it in those different moments and you think you know you think that Clarice is going to help him and then Barnaby shows up and you're just like oh this is really horrible
4: for me Barnaby was the most terrifying character in the entire series
3: pretty
5: close
4: because he's real
3: yeah a little too real then exists out there in many connotations and in many places. Yeah.
6: Well, back to what you said, Saima, about them making it a uh, comfortable scene first, but I feel that kind of helped them with showing their comfort in that moment. They gave you a comfortable scene and then here's another scene, and sure this is comfortable too, right? In a a, a both the juxtaposition, but also showing how these people are comfortable. These people are, are perfectly fine with this conversation.
3: Yeah. Uh, had, had we seen him in his dream, dreamland before that point?
2: No, I think the first time we see Jed As is when he's sandman. running.
3: Well, I know. I was yes. just thinking if if they showed us his Sandman dream before then, him running doesn't necessarily seem out of place. He's not like running away from the house. He could be just running in his dream. But I don't remember if that Am I right, happened Siobhan? before or after.
4: What? Um yeah i'm sure that the first time you see jed in the series is when he is running away um in the comic the time he ran away was already in the past he'd already been stuck in the cellar
5: so we do get introduced to uh hal and barbie and Ken and chantal and zelda
2: they are so awesome
5: are you eating cinnamon toast crunch you <laughs> s- cereal fan you. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, if I if I'd known that we were honoring this episode by eating cereal, I would have got my husband to buy me some. We prepared. <laughs> next
3: uh, next episode has cereal convention, so you know oh, look, we can commun- be prepared next back. time.
2: Crustios!
6: <laughs> nice three <laughs> metal those shards were real and hair. I box. didn't know they were
1: a real thing. <laughs>
6: 7-Eleven did a thing over here where they actually turned all the 7-Elevens into Quickie Marts. Yes. And you could buy, I have, uh, What it's not Duff Soda, it's it's what's the, Buzz Cola. Buzz Cola. Buzz wow. Cola. I, you could get Duff, you could get squishies. giant pink donuts and crustios.
2: You know, that's so American.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it absolutely yeah.
0: is. <laughs> no, I, I just glanced over to the side of my desk and realized I had a bag of... of uh, Cinnamon toast crunch sitting there mostly because I was sitting at my computer stoned as hell last night, and eating cinnamon toast crunch straight from the bag. But.
5: <laughs> oh, last night uh, a neighbor had a like uh, uh, this this uh, pig party, you know, sort of a competition for you know cooking pork and stuff like that. But somebody brought rice crispy treats covered with this black Hawaiian salt.
0: That was mm.
4: amazing.
5: That was the best Rice Krispie Treat I've ever had in my entire
0: life. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I get kind of a like a salted caramel kind of thing going for
5: it. Oh, yeah, yeah. With this black yeah. salt that's really minerally. It's like, oh, this Ooh, is so good. Yeah. I'd, I'd be down to
3: try that. Oh, yeah. Next time on Snack Chat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, this
4: is
0: cereal Snack Chat. This is cereal, cereal this is snack chat.
4: <laughs> We're still on topic. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Ruark here along with Saima to tell you about our sponsor, Four Cats Boutique. Uh, Saima, you said you found something on their site that you couldn't live without. Why don't you tell us about that?
2: Um, I have seen something that I'm going to have to buy. It's the Wheel of Time wall art with book quotes on them, and it's a a double one, and they just look absolutely gorgeous. So I'm going to have to find an excuse to either gift them to myself or try and get a friend to gift them to me.
0: Sounds like we know exactly what you're getting for your birthday this year.
2: Check them out on Etsy. The only thing I'm looking at, Four Cats Boutique. Number four, cats with a K, Four Cats Boutique. So let's go into the B&B. Hal slash Dolly, Barbie Ken, Gilbert, Zelda Chantel, Cindy the Realtor, (laughs) Cindy the Nurse.
3: Now that you're mentioning the names of the characters, I'm like, I didn't catch that this is all that house is a doll's house as well. Mm-hmm. Literally. And you, you you've got... Ken and Barbie. You, yeah, you've got doll character names in the house with them.
4: Hal and Dolly, Ken and Barbie, Chantal and Zelda.
3: Well, and, and it's interesting, the the widespread of uh, personalities in the house. And I think mm-hmm. that's specifically designed to set up the dream sequences later. Mm-hmm. And the just vast wide range of types of dreams that you get out of those differing people
2: oh I like that connection David because I was thinking more about the outer aspect of this is something I think Gaiman is really skilled at doing is he creates community for people who are looking for community in the real world and then when they read the comics Mm -hmm. they find their community with the characters and this is really yes. beautifully embodied with with this doll's house, with all all of these characters, because they're all connected to all the other characters throughout the comics as well.
3: Yep. Yeah. There's there's a, a freeform TV show that was oh gosh, what's it called? Good Trouble. It was a spinoff from another one. That's the same mm-hmm. way as they oh, they all live in L.A. and it's this coterie, and they're all just differing people and opinions and yep. and lives and troubles and and come together as a family situation.
2: a
5: very very chosen family situation.
2: Yeah, exactly, Greg. I was going to say the same thing, that when the comics came out, especially, you know, this was about your found family, your your chosen family. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much, I mean, things have got better, but there's still that... I remember when I was reading it and I really felt that sense of you find your people and then you will do anything for them. You will stick together and you will, you know, see it through. And that was... I just remember I just remember that feeling from when I was like I don't know, seventeen. That it was really strong that you can do that. You kind of feel empowered to think. If I can't find them right now out there, they're here in the pages. Mm-hmm. You
3: know, but I'm sure it's a lot of both, right? Yeah.
5: And even drawing some of the inspiration, like you know, Mike Dringenberg using Cinnamon as as the you know the model for death. You know, she was an integral part of that you know, that SLC scene. So that was a very chosen family situation there too. And I'm sure that 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 probably inspired that choice.
2: Actually, I'm glad you've mentioned that. I just want to say that if you haven't read the article that Ruark linked in the previous episode, show notes, um, which is uh, an interview by Ruak's spouse, Madeline, with Cinnamon, go back mm-hmm. and
3: read that it's
0: excellent yes do yep. it's a small yeah that was world. a really good article I, I went back and read it and actually that article uh, reminded me of something i need to correct from from the last episode when i talked about cinnamon i had mentioned that she was a tattoo artist i got that confused in my head uh, when she was in houston she was a piercer not a tattoo artist i they you know they work out of the same type of studio and i just got it confused in my head right anyway now that that correction has been made. <laughs> By yourself.
6: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to say you corrected yourself now.
0: How do you feel?
1: <laughs> Man, I'm kind
0: of an asshole, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: So I think we've covered the characters um, that are at the doll's house, and they will obviously have more to do. Um, we also get introduced to Jed's dream storyline here as the Sandman, which I thought was the cutest, that he is the Sandman. And I'm going to go out here and say, Galt is the best sub-story in the series for me. She pe- personifies change, she wants to serve out of love, not fear, and she is really cares for Jed. And I think it, it was really interesting. So this is not in the comics. And I, and I love how Gaiman's fleshed her out and given her more to do because right. she's, it's a real juxtaposition against um, the Corinthian. And even with Gilbert, eh, all the, 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 the nightmares, well, the dreams, nightmares that have, the three that have left, they all have their own in, you know unique reasons for what they're doing. But Galt is my favorite. Right. I love her.
5: Oh, it's totally protective. It's maternal. It's fantastic. I, I I love that.
6: It also touched on this idea that they set up early on of the nightmares are there to help us. They're there to make us address fears. They're there to make it. So giving the idea that this one wants to help and doesn't feel that fear is the way they want to do it. But the desire to help is still there. Right. It's a nightmare that wants to be a dream. Yeah.
3: Well, and I think she's still loyal to Dream too, which is probably why you see Sandman being Jed's persona in her version of the dream. Is yep. she's she's still loyal to the dreaming and Sandman, and so she kind of weaves that into her little fantasy she's created for Jed.
4: The protection thing was what I was going to bring up because the way I see Galt is she's set up almost as um, a counterpoint to Morpheus. Morpheus is interested in the overall impact of things. He talks about saving humanity. He talks about saving the world. He's not actually interested in individuals. Mm -hmm. He yanks Rose and Jed out of the dreaming before Rose can find out where Jed is. He doesn't care about um, Joanna's ex-girlfriend until Joanna gets all up in his face about it. He doesn't care about what happens to the individuals. Galt cares about Jed. Mm-hmm. She cares about a person. Um, Gilbert cares about Rose. He yes. cares about a person. So I just find it really interesting that the individual dreams latch onto the people, whereas right. dreams just kind of like he doesn't he doesn't care about his the impact of of you know uh, destroying pulling Hector out of the dream world. Right. That. Kind of their job, isn't his, it? Right. Yeah, that's not his individual lives, individual feelings are not his yeah. concern. So it was kinda kinda neat to see the 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 different way that the the two interact with the humans in the story.
5: And and the fact that it's not so much the humans, but it's it's people related to the vortex. You know, uh when uh Jed got taken away, Dream was not there and Galt took it upon herself to help protect jed in particular uh did galt know that there was a connection to the vortex you know there could have been any people you know any number of people in the world that were would have required the same kind of help but the fact but that she was
4: drawn to this one
5: <laughs> yes yes and the fact that uh fiddler's green or uh, sorry gilbert was uh was you know, driven to Rose.
1: I love what what you said, Siobhan,
2: because this similarity between Galt and Gilbert then makes me think that the Corinthian is the, is the most similar to dream then because the Corinthian isn't looking at individuals. He's looking at mass impact, right? Right. So he Mm -hmm. wants to, um, I don't know, kind of like John, maybe like he wants to reveal the potential of humanity. It's just in this really horrible way. And then that that's faithful well, I'm kind of going ahead now, but even the face off between the two of them. It's really interesting. That they're, they're more similar and then you've got Galt and Gilbert who are more similar. It's it's like levels mm-hmm. of interaction.
5: But it's all still focused around the vortex. So whether or not they're conscious of it because Galt is it, it, that's a a years long uh project that she has with Jed to set up this this dream world for him for protection uh why is she protecting this one kid in particular i don't even think she may she may know but it's definitely got something to do with the vortex
3: well presumably jed is also at least to some degree carried some of that vortex gene down
4: well he's also descended from yeah um,
3: the endless so it it would mean that galt would be drawn to him for
2: that reason Oh right, yes. So at the end when, when Dream says the Dream says to Rose you're a child of the endless, that also includes Jed. Yep.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah, but that did nothing for Rose's mom. So
2: But didn't she die you know, before maybe... Dream was released?
5: Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know if you know Galt had anything to do with, you know, protecting her. That that's just sort of unknown you know if she was protecting her as a you know descent direct descendant of of the vortex or was it even known before the sleeping sickness whether or not uh you know unity was the vortex it yeah it's interesting i w- I, I would love to hear you know gaiman's uh thoughts on that
3: okay, can we get him in on on the show That's, Yeah, uh, really. Guest, guest spot please we need a booker. That's what we need.
2: <laughs> hey, look, just, uh, we're, you know, collectively manifest. This is what we want.
0: Manifest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rourke, you need to make that
5: canon for this podcast. Yeah. That yeah, uh, If
0: if, if uh, anybody out there happens to know Neil Gaiman and, and wants to tell him that we would like to have him as a guest, uh, please, by all means, reach out.
6: Know someone that knows him. I don't think it's a strong enough connection. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: This is also the episode where we get the break between, as we said before, Lucien and uh, Dream. And I was thinking that, you know, she says exactly the same thing in a sense that Hobb said to Dream, which is she she dares to say to, to Dream that he can change. And that triggers his pride, just like Hobb, you know, daring to say that you need a friend triggered his pride. Um, but with both of them, he comes round, right? Um but this is the first kind of she's she goes back to her library. Uh, and is this the one that we get Merv? Merv Pumpkinhead? pops yes. in.
1: Yes. yes. yes.
4: Mr. Hamel, Mr. Hamel.
1: <laughs>
4: oh, is that who was doing it? <laughs> that? Awesome. Yeah. That's it, that's his voice, yeah.
0: I can usually pick his voice out anytime he's doing something, but that one completely blew He up my is head.
5: showing up everywhere. He showed up in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Which I would recommend. It's fantastic. Pretty
0: funny. By, by the way, I would like to point out Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the uh, few superhero teams out there with two Wookiees. This is true. You
5: got Drax and Groot.
0: Exactly. Just to diverge for yet another time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, we need, we need Wookiee Watch on every episode. So there you go. That was Wookiee <laughs> yes. Watch for today's episode, folks.
3: <laughs> so going back to Merv, that, that interaction between him and... And Lucien really shows what the residents of the Dreaming how they feel about dream and dreams absence, and how Lucien's been running it and the way it is now, because he's he's kind of subservient to Lucien at this point completely, and she has to tell him off and say, "No, no, I guess I'm I'm not the person running things anymore." But yeah, uh, side eye. Uh, come talk to me later. We'll discuss <laughs> what we really want to have happen. Right.
5: And one thing is, that's kind of going on there is Lucian is kind of, uh, monitoring Rose in the dream world, uh, kind of keeping an eye on her there while Matthew death, you know, or, uh, dreams Raven is, you know, looking after her in the waking world at yeah. the same time. So they've kind of got both eyes on her, but, uh, you know, uh, Merv asks Matthew in that, that scene to, uh, you know, talk to Lucianne before reporting to Dream. So Lucianne is kind of, you know, behind the scenes, she knows more than Dream. So she's, she's kind of managing it from behind.
2: Yeah, you, you know, sometimes people, when you're working somewhere, you don't want to talk to the head boss yourself. You want to go through somebody else you feel more comfortable with. So Merv's definitely coming to Lucienne. Not just because he's been used to her for 100 years, maybe, but maybe because because when he does run into Dream, he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, just going to try and quietly leave here without being noticed. Oh, no, I've been Mm -hmm. noticed. (laughs) And
3: Dream dismisses him, too. Dream doesn't really even look at him like anything. Oh, get back to work. There's repairs to be done.
2: What's your job again? Oh, yeah, I've been missing for 100 years. Whatever, (laughs) carry on, as you were.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs)
5: But yeah, so that that shows like sort of the the machinations behind the scenes where Lucienne is trying to uh, manage the situation with Rose in a way that, you know, she competently knows can be done because dream kind of flies off the handle sometimes.
2: But also Lucienne's in the perfect place to find out the information because the books in the library tell her, right? She's she's reading Rose's book she knows she knows everything before dream comes to her. She's trying her best to give him the information you know in the best way that she can without also you know she's got her own pride you know in the fact that he's thrown her out. So yeah
5: but yeah she's uh, she knows about Jed and that Jed is not in the dreaming. He doesn't dream in the dreaming. he dreams in the little pocket dream world that uh, that Galt has set up so she knows he's not there dream doesn't initially
2: well, she's been doing it for a hundred years and it's you know it's it's tough to like just let go you're going to carry on right some of that responsibility is going to carry on and obviously eventually dream realizes that and he's like okay you take care of things while I while I do this bit that yeah only I like can if he do. came to,
5: if, if if she came to to if Lucien came to dream with everything then she knows uh, he's
3: going to kind of screw it up but there's a point where she says that she's going to let him. Yeah, she gets that's true. she gets fed up and said, "I'm I'm done." Like that's, again, that goes back to Samaria's point about the way her motivations and her actions is. She gets to the point where Wh- whatever, I'm I'm done listening to you. Just you're going to
4: do what you're going to do, and after it falls apart, you will come back.
2: <laughs> yep,
3: I'll be right here when it's done.
2: That's the thing. She doesn't completely give up. She knows he's going to mess up, and then she'll be there. She'll be there to help. Yep, because that's her role.
5: Yeah. And she has all the information. She has more information than Dream does.
3: Speaking of the dreaming, the other the last thing we get in this episode is the interactions with the dreaming that Rose is starting to cause. Being able to teleport herself to the palace without an invitation. And mm-hmm. also Lida's uh dream fantasy. Yeah. Becomes apparent we start to see what's going on there. Right.
2: Can I just say I think it's really horrific the idea that somebody could somebody i know could pop into my dreams or i could pop into somebody else's dreams i know this is um no spoilers there's a bit of a crossover here between sandman and the wheel of time i don't like it stay out of my dreams okay <laughs> any of you dreamers stay out of my dreams i do not want to
0: go into you, my spreadsheet you don't want a man with flaming eyes and flaming mouth <laughs> in no, your dreams thank you.
4: It's oh. such an invasion Nobody of privacy wants to see my dreams. They're d- gross and disturbing. <laughs> it's and, interesting. I think
2: even if mine are mine are boring, I just don't like the worst superhero gift that you could have, I think is um being able to read other people's minds. It's like, no, I don't want it and I don't want anyone reading oh, like, God, stay yeah. out. Stay no. out of my head. Yeah. I, don't yeah. head. Yeah, I don't want to be in anybody else's <laughs> so, head Nasty. I don't want to
0: be in anybody else's So to me, this is another level car. of that.
2: dream. you know, being able being able to put like, that whole sequence of where Rose is walking, you know, she's kind of like, accidentally keeps stumbling into, you know, all the bnb residence dreams i'm just like oh this is horrible i would feel just like, like oh, I'm,
3: yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry i saw that it's interesting that they didn't make it so horrific like even even the horror dreams that are a part of that sequence are just not that bad comparative to what is horror in the rest of the series right
2: i don't know um hal and dolly in the face Hal's-
3: Hal's is weird, I would say, and no, disturbing, but I don't know that I would say it's really horrific.
2: Oh no, it's horrific later. Sorry, that was that's a later episode where he's ripping off his face, and then it, you know, because he's trying to like his identity, right?
5: Yeah, he's trying to yeah. find his identity, but this is where he's living his, you know, in the initial dreams that she walks into, that Rose walks into. Hal is living his Dolly dream. You know, that's what he wants to be. It's like he's got this, you know, stage show where he's performing, but he's also lying in bed watching it.
3: You know, he's experiencing both at the same time. So, it's a a cool perspective. Ken's is probably the closest to an actual horror dream, in my opinion. Well, yeah, he's he's, he's living a fantasy, but then it turns into the horror of losing Barbie, which, yeah, to me, those are the worst dreams. That's you. When you suffer from something that is a real life event, or something that could be real life that you really don't want to have happen, those are mm-hmm. the most horrific dreams you can have. Yeah, the 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 potential.
4: Ken's Ken dreams are really toned down for the show. Yes, they are. I was gonna are. say, yeah, yeah, they
3: they,
5: they like could. Uh... to the
4: point where you know, I was kind of like, yeah, I, I can kind of see his point. It was just a dream. What are you so upset about? Whereas in comic books. Um, the dreams very much revealed his real personality and he was not a nice person.
5: Yeah. But that's kind of implied with this. Even in yeah. the show
4: yeah. though, don't you I I thought
2: it was also it was in the in the background but the fact that we have Cindy the realtor and Cindy the nurse. I felt that that was basically the show saying that Ken is a serial um cheater. Cheater. It just happens to be yeah. that everyone he yeah. cheats with, it just happens to be called Cindy. That's just the the joke yeah. in there. Like he
5: is he is,
2: you know, he is cheating on Barbie, and she knows, but she doesn't really want to face it, in a sense.
5: Cindy, the dream girl.
0: <laughs> Has anybody ever had that dream where they they wake up and they're, it was so real, like you were saying, David, and it could have been something in reality, and you wake up and you're pissed off at your spouse for for the first hour of yep. the day. <laughs>
6: Yeah. I've had my wife and my son both wake up angry at me for things I didn't do. Yeah. And my wife is much better at being able to make that compensation, yeah. but yeah.
5: Ben Folds has a great uh, a great line in one of his songs. That's when I know she's going to be pissed when she wakes up for terrible things I did to her in her dreams.
4: I was going to say I've had some pretty serious emotional hangovers from really upsetting dreams where oh just, god, like, yes. The, best oh, yeah, of the day just yeah. doesn't feel oh. right.
6: Yeah, I I unfortunately had one where I dreamt I was dying and woke with a bloody nose. So the first <laughs> like, like conscious thought I had was looking at my own blood in my hands and thinking I'm dying. Wow.
4: Yikes.
6: That's that creeped rough. me out a bit. Yeah, yeah that'll do it
4: bit. a bit.
5: That will do it.
2: Well, there you go, Mr. Gaiman. We're giving you plenty more ideas for stories with our dreams. <laughs> <laughs> like he hasn't already done them but still yeah but yeah okay so it's a lead up to the end um which is the corinthian meeting jed so we have so before that we get the what we i uh, think greg you mentioned earlier the meeting of the um the caseworker
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh and we mentioned it earlier the the nice um eyes and the drip 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 as the corinthians enjoying himself and finding out information about where jed lives
6: Yes mm. yeah.
5: yeah well I mean he found he found out about Rose by uh you know having his nice little encounter with the uh, with the house sitter uh which I was I was scared for the house sitter but it turned out to be just a you know pleasant diversion apparently
2: but again he could have killed him, but he needed him to pass on the message to Rose. I think that's the only reason he didn't kill
4: him oh, I was just gonna say I hope that that is not an accurate accurate representation of how the um, Social worker system foster work. system works mm-hmm. in the state of Florida, because I was appalled. And, uh, <laughs> I think. I think.
3: Sorry to tell you, but it's uh, probably yeah. an accurate representation of how foster system works everywhere. Everywhere in America.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. About the uh, drip 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 scene, I just have to say I found it very unrealistic because. I'm sorry, corneas do not chew very easily, and you totally spit (laughs) that part out. I mean, he should have had a spit (laughs) bucket next to him for for the corneas. I mean, I get the other part. That thing pops like a gusher. It's great. You, you get this like spray of juice and then it's chewy then you know, It's awesome. But, but the, you're spitting the is out, man. Yeah, the you you don't kind eat of the gristly. sunflower seeds and you don't eat the cornea. <laughs> well,
2: yet. he's a nightmare. Oh, he's he gristly, enjoys yeah. all of it. Oh,
0: man. It, it's like eating an olive and swallowing the pit. You just don't do it, you know? But
2: he, Corinthian oh. will. I'm telling you, he will eat the pit. He'll enjoy all of it. He's not like it's you true. and I, Ruach. We have standards with what we might eat. He'll take you all.
0: Yeah, I, I I'll eat an eyeball, but I will not swallow that cornea. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> I have learned a thing. Good about to you know. Today. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: I have always said, given the opportunity, I will absolutely try human flesh. And that's now recorded somewhere for for all posterity. Wow, I'm glad we do this virtually. I'm not saying I would kill somebody for the opportunity. I'm oh, really glad you made that
2: clarification there. Yes,
0: If I'm, you I'm just like, like stumble upon. Uh, no, know. like say for instance, I had to get something amputated. I would be like, hey doc. Um, That's
1: mine. Give it to me.
0: Uh, here, I, I brought you. I brought a cooler full of marinade. Just uh, drop it in there. I'll leave it in my leave it in my room. I'll take it with me when I leave. You know.
6: As someone who has been around work in uh, moments that my eyes were not protected and slept, um, yeah, I, I still have my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: glad to hear
2: it. I was just gonna mention the really creepy and yet very well seen. I mean, I don't know, Corinthian, every scene is really well done. But when he meets uh, when he meets Hal, right? That charisma and the charm and and I was like, Oh no, Hal! run run not how (laughs) but it's it's really it's really short but again boyd holbrook just amazing um so yeah so we get we get the whole transition of corinthian finding out then when i do need to speak about that scene with barnaby and clarice i mean jed he falls out of a really awful situation even into an even worse one, and yet there was a moment where I was just like, Barnaby deserved it. Clarice was also suffering. But, oh. Which I think worked really well, especially when, when the case um, social worker came to visit, you get that, that kind of sense of fear and that they're both trapped. And so the Corinthian saves, air quotes, Jed. And we are, the final scene is Big Bad Wolf song playing out the Corinthian and Jed in the car. And this, we all know that he is, you know, not safe, but he's so happy, right? He's just like, right, I'm going to see my Mm -hmm. sister. And you're just like, oh my goodness. So we'll uh, call that a wrap. And uh, we'll be back next time to hopefully finish off the final two episodes of the season and also probably end up doing the bonus episode uh, separately. Considering how much we talk, so yeah,
5: (laughs) (laughs) we we talk too much, really. No,
2: so we want to say thank you to our benefactors, Michael and Jen, out at the Secret Watch Party Headquarter Island. Did I say that right? Thank you, Michael and Jen. Thanks, Michael.
1: Michael. Thank you, Michael and Jen. Jen.
2: And you can catch up with our sister podcasts, um, Watch Party of Ice and Fire, who are covering the House of the Dragon prequel did i get that right prequel yes and also yep. watch party lord of the rings um if you're watching rings of power do check them out as well and links to all of that including our discord are on our website whatwatchparty.com we're on all the socials at WhatWatchParty. watch party and also reminding you of our fundraiser our koala fundraiser links to that are on our website and our socials as well um you want to give something? I do have
0: an update on oh, that. Awesome. I have heard uh, from Koala I, We are now over two hundred dollars.
1: Woohoo! Fabulous. Uh, yes.
0: Towards our one thousand dollar goal, so that is one fifth of the way. So uh, let's keep going. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Awesome.
4: <clears throat> All right. Final question: If you were going to be a nightmare, what kind of nightmare would you be? You know how you wake up in the middle of the night, and there's like a hoodie or something that's the shape of a person. <laughs> <laughs> just in the shadows in the corner of your room
3: I would be the nightmare that watches your story and then never lets you finish it just <gasps> teleports you into the next story before the ending oh. happens
4: Oh, oh you're that is, oh, <laughs> that is the me. worst for that's me when I wake that up and I never people.
3: get to know what the ending is
2: that is awful David because I was thinking I would be the complete opposite nightmare I would be the nightmare that would haunt the author's and demand that they finish their bloody story already.
5: <laughs> I'd say I'd have to be the nightmare where you uh, you know, go to school and you realise that you're naked.
6: That's just fun.
2: So you've been around for a while you now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
6: I think I'd be the looping nightmare, the one where you think you've changed to the next segment of the nightmare, and it still starts back over, and you can't change anything, and you can't fix anything, the Groundhog you have Day to just nightmare. watch it happen. Whatever you don't want to watch happen again and again. Oh, that's
0: brutal. I would just be phenomena over, over. <laughs> oh. oh. over and over.
1: Oh,
6: oh,
0: oh, over.
6: But see, Rourke, this is why we're friends. That wouldn't be a nightmare for
3: me.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: On, on a cultural note, are there, uh, just out of my curiosity, are there advertisements for lawyers, attorneys, solicitors on Canadian or English television?
4: Um, yes, um, I think it's not as bigger thing here if you had an injury call the the
0: advocates now dial 1-800-LAW for you (laughs) you'll get an attorney first time every time no front desks here you'll get straight through to an attorney and we will listen to you you pay nothing unless we get a settlement for you call (laughs) 1-800-THE-LAW do you guys have that kind of thing well no no
1: (laughs) goodness
5: Oh, there's a guy in there's a guy in Houston called the Texas Hammer who's just
0: fantastically doofy. Yeah, the, they are so the the further out rural you get, the more nutso they are. It's like they have they're in a competition with like the guys who own carpet stores and used car salesmen.
1: Yeah,
4: my my favorite is driving across the border into Detroit and seeing this massive billboard one eight hundred Who's the Dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's just wow. Americana to me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: what does that mean? I'm, what, I'm sorry.
2: What what does
4: that actually mean?
0: It means uh figure out who who your baby daddy is and make him pay.
2: Oh, so
4: DNA? It's a it's a
0: paternity test. So it's just oh.
2: for, for yeah. wow. Birth. Yeah, we don't have that here. I mean, I had to pause and think when yeah. you asked the question, right? Because I've not had a television for ten years, but um. We see, the, we see the ad when we go to my mother-in-law's, and I it hasn't come up, so it still doesn't seem to be a thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, even here, it's usually more like talk radio and late-night TV, and, and billboards is where you see it the most.
5: Oh, in Texas, it's everywhere. It's primetime, oh, it's really? daytime, it's nighttime. It's, oh, really? Oh, it's wow. Nice. It's ridiculous. I mean, uh, you
0: see some of the—you see, like, the bigger firms with nicer ads in the daytime. You don't get the, like, crazy, you know— one eight hundred lawyer. We we blah 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 until the
5: late yeah. night. The one the one we get all the time is uh, some
0: guy whose number is four
5: four 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 four.
0: Ah, so okay. Um, just <laughs> before we continue on, let me do this. Okay, now we know that's going to that make way. something that's really easy for me to find and cut all that out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. All right. It, it, that is, it's not just a snack, it has
6: cereal in it. So are we doing a spin-off spinoff uh, series for cooking Oh, show? absolutely. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Cook, cooking with Rewark, cooking with cereal. <laughs> it's a very short podcast. Yes. Your spouse so you will put the cereal will. in the bowl, then if you're f- not feeling lazy, you actually put some kind of liquid in the bowl with the cereal and then you eat it.
6: I'm trying not to digress too much off of this because I have a story, but I'll save it to last we done recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one too. I have one too. Right, yeah, okay. yeah let, let,
0: let's, let's not digress. <laughs> let's get back. <laughs> <laughs> this those, is already going to be a nightmare to edit. All All right. Right. Oh I, I'm, I'm right. thinking
2: to myself, I wonder how much content we actually have once you've edited.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, we're at 51 like, minutes, but that's probably only 30 minutes of content. <laughs> and we're you not should edit two minutes out of this content.
1: A two-hour blooper reel.